Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time, and LeBron James isn't even in my top 10. Okay, if you're still here, <laughs> um, welcome back. It's another Monday. Um, I'm. This is going to be one of those times where I'm going to stick to an entire subject for the whole 20 minutes. So if you enjoy me and you stick around for my men yelling at the clouds rant, thank you. Um, if you're not a basketball person, I'm 100% okay with you piecing out this week, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. But otherwise, I'm going to kind of go, I'm not, I don't even want to call it a rant, but um, I might as well lay my cards out for where I'm coming from, what I've seen in my lifetime, and why my opinion is, well, it's my opinion. Who fucking cares? But um, just coming from someone that was so deep into basketball for decades and how the modern game has zero appeal to me. So how's that for a launching platform? So we're just going to kind of go from there. I'm going to explain my history of what I was raised on for basketball, where I came from, what I liked who I liked, uh, who I feel are the greatest players of what I watched. I can't claim to be an authority on the last, let's say, 15 years, maybe plus, um, due to just life, family, and the game having zero appeal to me in the modern era. So I'm just going to start out. Um, I... Uh, not shockingly, I'm from Canada. And so I was raised on hockey. I played hockey in the winters and baseball in the summers and then the odd thing here or there. But that's pretty much what I did up until about the age of 10, 11. And then I kind of quit everything and didn't really have a sport. And then, but there wasn't a lot of variety for like team games also. And then... When I made it to junior high, I believe, grade six-ish, the opportunity of a basketball team, which I don't think had existed as an option for being raised in small town Saskatchewan or medium, whatever. Um, So basketball came up as an option and I was craving some kind of team game again. And so as much as I remember grade six, but... um, I tried out for the team, made it. It's mid-80s, so six. So what year would this have been? It would have been 11, so 1985, 86. And so I started playing basketball. I was terrible, but everyone was terrible. It's just, it wasn't a thing. Like in middle of nowhere Canada, I'm assuming everywhere, it was hockey or bust with its small pockets of other things. Like soccer wasn't even a mainstay or even a thing really it hadn't caught on at least where I was in Canada and so there was this alternative for me to do as a team game and it was kind of neat and it got me away from kind of this the hockey mentality it was a different sport it was um different skills and it was indoors where it was warm and just who knows if that was a factor but for some reason 
I went and I tried out and I was probably end of the bench kid, which is an ongoing tale, but I kind of, I was introduced to basketball at more than just, you're going to do basketball this week in gym class and then move on to the next sport. And I gravitated to it. I enjoyed it. Um, And then through that, I just started playing it in my spare times in the summer, picking it up and slowly growing to um, what would be just a love of the game as I grew up in the 80s. Obviously, it was mid 80s. So Philly had cooled off. So the Dr. J era was over. So I never really was privy to that. And finding NBA on TV in Canada was probably also, I think ABC had the rights to it back then, but still um, few and far between. So all you really knew about, and I was a gamer, and so there was a video game franchise or a video game at the time called Lakers versus Celtics and I think and the NBA playoffs. And so that was the only real teams you knew of. And I think there was maybe six to eight teams in that game like I remember and it would put a few people's signature moves like Tom Chambers I remember in there they had the old uh, pre-Barkley Phoenix Suns I think the Seattle Supersonics were in there but at the end of the day you played the game to either be the Lakers or the Celtics and um, not surprisingly um the Lakers were the team that were the flair and the pizzazz and just, um, just, I could see someone who was neutral to Boston or LA completely falling in love with one of those styles. You had Showtime, the LA just fast break, um, Magic Johnson, who to me is the second greatest player of all time, but that's once again, my opinion. And, then on the other side, you had Larry Bird and the kind of gritty, hardworking, no-nonsense Boston Celtics. And so everyone, I think, kind of fell in love with one of these two polar opposites of these iconic teams. And I, of course, gravitated to the Los Angeles Lakers. And then that just became my team. And so growing up, that was the team that I was first introduced to, like fast paced, high skill. Um, you had Magic Johnson, greatest point guard of all time. Um, you had the twilight years of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who I would also argue might be the greatest center of all time. I will definitely say top five, um, to not be insulting, but I also caught him on his swan song. And so, and then James Worthy, one of the best kind of lane filling slashing small forwards of all time he was also on the 50 best in uh list that they came up with in the 90s um and so the team was amazing and they also had other great role players like byron scott kurt rambis uh michael thompson i can go on it's just um great team and they brought in some great filler for to kind of fit the role player need but that's the team i was raised on um and then, uh, so strangely, I guess, um, when we got cable TV, the cable affiliates we got were out of Michigan. And this was when the Pistons, the bad boys, the Isaiah Thomas, Bill Lambeer, John Sally, Dennis Rodman, Joe Dumars teams, um, that's when they were slowly starting to take over um, 
the Boston Celtics as the team in the East, but there was also the young superstar that was Michael Jordan. He was still up and coming. The Pistons, and of course, we got so much coverage because we got our cable from all three ABC, NBC, and CBS Detroit stations. So everything was bad boys 24-7. But because they were meeting the Lakers a lot of the times in the finals, that helped me get more coverage of the team I wanted to see. But that hard-hitting, very no-nonsense, defensive, almost bully style of Detroit was very prevalent because we would get Detroit games constantly as our option on those networks. And so I got to see that, and that's when I was entering high school. And so I got to see some very different and drastic styles, and I feel I was lucky to see because... If you ever watched Last Dance, I think they kind of showed that the 70s version of the NBA was a lot of partying, um, substance abuse, and they almost didn't, or at least it was shown that they didn't take themselves seriously as full-time hardcore athletes. And almost in 1979, when both Bird and Magic came into the league, the league changed. And so, yeah, the two of them, Young, Dr. J., in his twilight, Kareem, and a few other guys that were in the mix. Barkley came in, Patrick Ewing, like all these amazing, amazing young superstars. Drexler was drafted, I think, the year before Michael Jordan. And it just, all these household names started coming into the league and these teams started developing their character. Like Isaiah was drafted, I think, 83, yeah, before Jordan. Anyway, from Detroit. And so the the chemistry of the league finally started becoming something and it was starting to be taken, I think, finally seriously as one of the major players for sports because the NFL was the Sunday pastime and you had baseball, which has just always been kind of a thing in the States. And so I'm going way off track, but it just, I, it was a sweet spot for me and it captured my heart. And so I watched a lot of NBA And I was a hardcore Lakers guy, which wasn't hard. But then I got to watch the transition as the Lakers barely squeaked by the Pistons in the last year of their back-to-back title wins. And then the Pistons won back-to-back. And then it finally transitioned into Michael Jordan finally having a good surrounding cast and a coach. And it just... And then thing. It's the the levels that the game hit at that 1989 to 91 era. It just took the game to a whole new place between the athleticism, the, the teams finally kind of the, the build of the league. You finally had household names all over the place. Um, teams had built um, their kind of their identity as a team if like you had the running gun kind of style of the Golden State Warriors who were Chris Mullen, Tim Hardaway and Mitch Richmond and the Lakers still had showtime but then by 91 and with Magic retiring they had completely changed their identity the Chicago Bulls um, were just heads and shoulders above the rest of the league um, you had the Phoenix Sun Charles Barkley team um, before that he was with Philly you had the Peyton and Kemp 
Sonics, you had the Stockton Malone, Utah Jazz, you can go on and on and on. Elijah Wan in Houston, the New York Knicks with Patrick Ewing, um, Dominique Wilkins, Atlanta, like every team had their superstar and there was no such thing as super teams yet. And um, the league, I think, was healthier. So that's, we'll start with that as my number one beef, super teams. I completely hate it. And it's ironic because right now the super teams are both in LA. And this is why I don't think I can, I just, I have no emotional connection. Like I know the Lakers just won, um, I think it's the 17th title, which ties them with the Boston Celtics for most titles in for a franchise. And I have zero emotional connection to this because LeBron was a signing and Davis was a signing. They were brought in, surrounded by more signings, and just, it's a super team. And it's, I have zero emotional investment in a super team. I, like, and LeBron's been a part of multiple ones. The Miami Heat thing was ridiculous with him, Bosch, and Wade. Um, I don't like when it's almost player collusion to all show up in one place and win a ring. Um, I feel like the power has been removed from the general managers or the owners. And now, or, and it just, it feels like there's this floating around mega power super team and, or maybe only two or three cities can get that. Like, um, the Clippers signed up a whole bunch of people. The Lakers signed up a whole bunch. Golden State's super team fell apart. Um, and it's just, you're constantly waiting to see what franchise can get this collaboration of these all-stars and the generation I was raised on and I can't remember who the quote was from I think it was Barkley or someone and they said that they would rather play against and defeat these other superstars to win their championship as opposed to everyone ganging up and making a super team and to me I think that's where a league would be healthiest, where every team has their superstar. You kind of work with the nuts and bolts of the rest of the players to build a supporting cast for your style, and you go from there. And I've tried multiple times in this last while now to sit and watch a full NBA game, whether it's the Lakers or to catch um, the Toronto Raptors or something. And I just... I cannot watch it. I cannot fall in love with it. Um, and so it's just, it's this boring, stale, spread the floor, three-point contest. And when someone does drive the lane, it feels very, like, you can't touch people. And the game that, like, and I'm not saying that I like, because I didn't like the bad boys, um, but strangely, in retrospect, I tremendously like the 1990s New York Knicks, who were run by Pat Riley, and they were a very defensive, um, like not hard hitting, but this hard defense. Like if someone came down the lane, you played them hard. You didn't give them a free layup. You made them earn their free throws. Um, you played hard defense. The hand check was still a thing. And so there's so many little nuts and bolts that go into this that now that I've done a bunch of research, I've watched a bunch of YouTube stuff and I've just, I've been doing reading about, because when I got hurt in 1997, that, and I couldn't play anymore because of my knee, 
I started and I was growing up and got into other things and just the game somewhere after that. And that was during, of course, another Lakers super team. Um, well, they traded for Kobe and then I had signed Shaq away from Orlando and then kind of surrounded and built a team around it. Even that I don't consider an egregious um, super team. But just at the time, they were just, they were dominant. I think Jerry West was, and should be remembered as probably the most brilliant general manager of all time, considering his entire body of work um, for the Lakers. And then even when he moved on to other franchises, I think he runs the Clippers now. Um, But so I, I don't like super teams and above and beyond that, I think, I think the rules, there needs to be, like, I don't know if it's too late. Like, there's so many things. Like, the rules are just flat out softer. Um, that a lot, this, it completely caters to the offense as opposed to the defense. Just watching it, everyone's getting free three pointers or they're just driving the lane and getting layups. It's very boring. There's no banging in the low post there's no mid-range like what's the point of taking an 18 footer when you can back it up and get an extra point and I get the math behind all these statistics that launching 23s in a game mathematically if you're going to shoot 40 percent from there is better than shooting them from two it's just it makes sense I get the math of the game but the rules have skewed it to the point now where you're untouched and uncontested and so it's very dry, stale, and boring for me to watch. Coming from such a action-paced game of the '80s and '90s, and I don't want to use the word like or the term more violent or like harder hitting, it's because it's not hitting, but it's just it was grittier. I don't know how to convey this unless you are my age, or if you go back and find a bunch of '90s and '80s games to watch. Um, and that's what I'm doing on YouTube per- perpetually is just watching old NBA on NBC because I think they got the rights in 91 to 2002. And that is, that's when the Bulls became the peak Bulls. And I'm not even a Bulls fan, but I can recognize that that collection and both versions, the 91 to 93 team and then the 96, 97, 98 team. They're two different entities, and they're both great for their own reasons. But at the end of the day, that just the 90s Chicago Bulls team is, from what I've watched, the greatest basketball team of all time. And Michael Jordan is easily the greatest player of all time. Just from watching him, his drive, he knocked off all the other greats, and he ended up achieving more than some of my favorites like magic johnson and so it's like so i said it's softer like so now at least from what i'm watching it's just the game is way too catered to the offense they need to bring back something and give defense something to work with Um, from my generation there was hand checking that went away in the mid 90s but then they just substituted with a forearm check and I think by 2002 that was gone and so it's you've hampered people from playing defense like if I ever go back now because it is my goal to play one more time like 
I'm not going to know what to do if these are the rules for everywhere because the last time I played basketball, there was hand checking. So I'm probably going to get fouled out in 58 seconds in a game. But between that, I believe illegal defense is gone. Um, and it was in because of the Pistons and mostly them, there is they brought in what was the flagrant foul rule. So before then, if you just hard fouled someone, they would shoot their free throws, you would get the ball back. And so even something as small as they get to shoot their free throws and they get the ball back, that removes an element of the grit from the play. I'm not saying I condone being an asshole and trying to hurt someone. And yes, the Pistons did try to hurt Michael Jordan. They can lie all they want. Um, I don't believe any of them that were interviewed in the last dance. Um, They flat out knew that if they removed Michael Jordan from the scenario, they probably would have went on and won maybe another championship or two. Um, Isaiah was already pretty compromised and on his way down by then. I think he had an ankle or Achilles injury, but he was already on his swan song. But I don't think people realize that if it wasn't for the Bulls, um, we almost saw the Pistons win four in a row because when the Lakers won back-to-back, they got it by the skin of their teeth in Game 7. So the game, though, so to get back on track and not talk forever, the game is missing its grit. The only other way that I could kind of compare this or the mentality of it um, is in some cheesy things like if you've ever watched Slapshot, they talk about old-time hockey, and it's like that's the phrase that goes into my head when I'm thinking of what the NBA is missing. It's missing the grit, the just a more rugged and just defensive style. That's the stuff I like. And it's ironic looking back because my favorite team, the Lakers, were a free-flying fast break team. But I also appreciated the defense of it. Like Kareem, I think he's still in the top five all time, maybe shot blocker. Like, People only think of him as a scorer, and he was such a threat throughout the entirety of his game. Like, he was just, like I said, pre-90s, he was the greatest center of all time, and I don't think there was any arguing. Wilt might be in the conversation, but I think Kareem, skill-wise, far and away um, outshone him by the end of his career, and is still the second or third highest scoring player of all time. And so that's number one is just they need to do something to boost the defenses. The game needs some grit. It needs some life. I can't sit and watch this perfectly polished diamond of a game that holds zero um, appeal to someone that wants to see some just almost just the game needs some form of fire and emotion. It's so bland. I can't even watch a highlight reel. And so... It's weird. And even a few other thing, things that I've noticed. This Eurostep is allowing, once again, it's another advantage for the offense. They're getting this other little like hop movement to kind of get an open shot. It's just, it's annoying. It used to be like one and a half steps. That was the go. Um, from what I watched also, there seems to be way more flopping. And it's it's annoying. I Once again, to make a NHL parallel. I remember when there was an influx of all the European players in the 90s and the NHL kind of 
opened up beyond North American players. And a lot of the European players and their mentality, and I believe they took this from soccer, was there was this flopping culture because if you could get a penalty, you got a two-man advantage. And then when you're on the power play, you're going to score more times than not. And so, and now I feel like this flopping mentality now is at least in a decent amount of the NBA stuff I'm seeing. And I hate flopping. I get it. You want an advantage or you want to get that guy fouled out. But to me, it's so just, I don't know if it's dirty or dishonorable or just, it's just, it doesn't feel right. I've never been a flopper. It's like you get knocked down, you get back up. You don't fake getting knocked down and act like a sniper in a building just took out your leg, right? It's just, it's annoying. And it's, to me, it's soft. You can call me old school or whatever. That's just, that is how I feel. Um, the new spread out where at least three people are standing outside the three point line. It's boring. It's not fun. I miss the days where there were role players. Um, don't get me wrong. I do acknowledge that it is beyond impressive that every single player on a basketball team now is probably reliable to above reliable from the three point line, but that's, you have to be you have to be big, a good ball handler, and be able to shoot the three now. And to me, if the entire league's the same, it once again, it's lost its character and is boring. And so I miss the old days of the role player. The point guard was the point guard. He brought it up. He was the distributor, the facilitator. I like that. But then again, like I said, Magic's my all-time favorite. Um, the shooting guard, there was your three-point expert that... As you're breaking things down in the key, you have someone to kick it out to. You have your lethal people. And I like those people. Like, it's, you're not a specialist if everybody can do it. And I miss, like, when you watch Last Dance, look at Paxson, like, or even Craig Hodges before him, Steve Kerr, the, just for Bulls references. Those guys were your lethal outside guys and kind of the mini facilitator because Pippen was this weird hybrid point forward, they called him. But normally, you would have your point guard and your shooting guard. I like those rules. Moving up, you have your small forwards and your power forwards. The small forward, to me, was always like the slasher that was always trying to get into the lane and get a layup, or that mid-range jumper. Great people, like James Worthy from the Lakers. Um, Larry Bird was an amazing small forward, tremendously skilled, one of the best shooters you'll ever see in your life for such a janky shot that he had. Um, power forward, yeah, power forwards. Um, my favorite ones in retrospect would be like your Charles Barkley's, your Carl Malone's, your heavy hitting, not heavy hitting, but just your, your rugged players that are not afraid to get dirty under the rim and rebound and bang around and try and get that kind of the gritty points in the paint. And then, of course, your centers, which are also your rebounders, but they're also your shot blockers and kind of your inside guy. And it's just all these roles seem to have been washed away and there's no identity to it. So I'll try again. Like the season's over. But it's funny when I sit down and I want to watch basketball now and kind of um, feed those 
um, the juices that I want to see a basketball game, right? Um, I end up dialing up something from the eighties or nineties. It's just, it's, I find it more entertaining. Like I can't, like I said, I can't even watch highlight reels <laughs> that are eight minutes long for modern games. It's just, it's so bland. Um, but yeah. And then the other kind of thing for comparison, at least in my head, and I can't remember which one of my friends said this is the eighties and nineties was also known for their characters. And I do believe in that, but I don't watch enough of the modern game to know if it does have any kind of larger than life characters, but I think I would be hearing more than your LeBrons and a few other like your Durants and a few other and Davis, but like every team almost had their character. Like you had Barkley, who was this loudmouth, brash guy, but he was also the best power forward in the league. Um, if you were into trash talkers, Reggie Miller, like he was one of those guys that like when I talked about shooting forward or sh- uh, shooting guards. Um, this guy was, and to have the balls to be like, I want that winning shot in my hand. Reggie Miller was that guy, but he was also so verbose about it. Like he, he would talk the trash and he would also put the nail in the coffin and he was such a great character. And I, I would go back and watch Pacer games just for him. And then above and beyond, you had the Davises, Rick Smiths. Um, if you go back far enough, the rifleman Chuck person, um, but just, yeah. And Reggie Miller, like his banter with like Spike Lee in the front row of Madison square garden, just stuff like that. It's, I, it's, I feel like the nineties, especially, like I said, was this beautiful time capsule where the game, they had gotten past the violence and kind of those where there were shitty teams like every team had at least their one good player up to two really good players and a role player who was really good like uh the run tmc team of golden state or like even the bulls where it was either pippin jordan grant or pippin jordan rodman you had your every team had its core guys even if it was like kevin willis and dominique wilkins with spud Webb. you just but every team had that good core and you could cheer for any team and you knew who the superstars were and I don't know it was a better time and so like I said half an hour ago um, I'm probably coming across as the old man yelling at clouds but in this whole thing and I think I'd mentioned it a few times in recording here um, the last dance kind of brought out this love for a game that I had as a kid and a young adult. And when I kind of felt that love kind of rekindled, I went to go to the modern NBA and it was just this strange thing to me that was not what I fell in love with. So God bless YouTube and all these places. Please do not tear down (laughs) all these old NBA games. I love it. I can type in a year and it just fills it up and I can watch an entire playoff series. I can watch whatever I want and I love it. If I want to watch Charles Barkley, Phoenix Suns, I'll watch the 93 finals. If I want to watch Magic versus Bird, I dial up the 80s. 
Um, like I said, Reggie Miller's a favorite. I'll dial up the Pacers. It's it's endless. Uh, the Golden State Warriors, the old Knicks. I loved a lot of the Pat Riley teams also. And even into around when I got hurt and kind of stopped watching, I'm trying to catch up on a lot of the Lakers finals uh, with Shaq and Kobe. And especially now with Kobe passing away, I probably should give some of his stuff a watch because I don't think I've given him enough credit. But back to where I was half an hour ago. (laughs) Um, Just different times, different rules. I think if you plopped modern players in the 90s, they would get worse. I think if you took the superstars of the 80s and 90s, like anyone from, let's say, Dream Team 1, and if you plopped them into now, I think a lot of them would be better. With modern medicine, modern training facilities to keep them healthier, because like, look at Bird, he fell apart because of his back, Isaiah because of his ankle. Um, It just... I think a lot of these guys, I think, yeah, it's just, the game's easier. I'm not one of those people that says Michael Jordan would score 50 a night. That's ludicrous. But he would still be Michael Jordan, and he would instantly be the best player in the game. Um, Yeah, that's, that's enough babble from this fucking guy. Have a good night.